Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Kayla Casaletto was coaching, running, and living life in Indiana when her friend Grace approached her with an opportunity that she couldn't say no to. Kayla joined Grace in the Mercy Ships Academy, and she came as the PE teacher. Kayla is about to inspire you to live out your passions no matter where life takes you, and to be excellent in all that you do. Here is my interview with Kayla Casaletto. So last week, we got to hear from Kayla and Grace in the beginning, hearing about how you two women came to Mercy Ships to serve together in the academy. And then we really spent most of the episode hearing about Grace's story. But today, Kayla, we get to hear from you and we get to hear your side of the story and your experience. So thank you so much for being here and welcome to New Mercies. Yeah, I'm very glad to be on here. Like I said last time, this is my first podcast. I've listened to many and now I get to be on one. So very exciting. So great. Well, we touched on it last week in the beginning that you are a superstar runner being awarded in the Canary Islands as the fastest woman, which I don't know if there's some Spanish women that are maybe offended by that, that there's an American that's going to be named the fastest in the islands. Mm -hmm. But it's a pretty huge thing. And are you excited for that? I'm excited. I do think about that sometimes because I feel like, you know, the same thing probably happens every year on the island. The same person gets like first in like whatever the distance is, you know, and then I, I just came and like disrupted it all. And not only like because of how I'm placing, but at almost every single race, like people tell me a couple of days before, like, Hey, I actually want to sign up for the race. And like the registration is closed. So I have to phone the guy in charge of the race and say, Hey, I actually have like five more people I want to set up oh for the race. Goodness. And then I get the race and then I have to like maneuver all the stuff. I I'm always the most difficult person <laughs> at the race. I, I feel, I mean, I feel like I am. Uh, well, yeah, I have a lot of people that I'm signing up. Sometimes I think the most we had signed up for a race was 50. Wow. So oh my goodness. We make up like one fourth, one fifth of the race when we go to it. So I bet the people of the Canary Islands are ready for this ship to sail and to have okay. their their races back to being just the Spanish people. <laughs> Until I move here, you guys, and become a resident. So look out. Oh, look out. She's coming back. I love it. Hey, Lev, you are a runner. And I know that you are teaching PE at the academy, some physical education for the students, but I've also heard, and Grace mentioned it a little bit as well, that you guys have started a running club and you even just mentioned several people entering local races, but tell us how that came about. What is the running club that you've started? So last spring, I remember I just kept thinking about it. I was like, these kids like have no sport after school. They're just on the ship. You know, you can tell when kids don't know what to do. They're going to get into trouble or they're just playing video games and stuff. And I was like, you know, I would love to do a sport for them and I want to do running. I've run since I was two years old. I've coached running. I've been on many, many teams for running and I love running. But I was worried because when I was in high school, I went to a small Christian high school and we had 
200 kids in high school and it was a struggle to get five girls on the cross country team. And I thought, oh man. So like if five out of 100 girls joined, what would that look like? How many out of 13 kids are going to join a running team? Well, yeah. So I prayed all summer. I'm praying, praying. I'm like, Lord, please help this to work. Please help us to find just like one race on the island. Like help us to be something impactful for the kids. Next thing I know, we put out the signs for the running club. Like, okay, it's going to start this week. And this is this past fall. So this is in August and we get 100% participation, like almost every practice, every race, every kid wants to come, everything. And I was like, oh my word, like I never expected this. I I feel like maybe I should have because there are no other sports, (laughs) but the kids really, I mean, they really enjoy the running and we start off easy, but we go out to the desert. So how it works every day, uh, three times a week, I run the practice. So uh, we take the kids out to the desert. We don't just like release them. And it's hard to explain desert. It's like canyons and trails and stuff. It's about seven minutes away from the ship. So we just drive up there. There's this nature reserve and we go and we run for, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes. And then we go back to the ship and sometimes we do workouts on the dock. And then Mondays and Fridays are on their own. Before we even started the training, I was like, okay, let's find one race because it's really hard to just make kids run. (laughs) I mean, why would you run unless like you to race or chase a soccer ball? So I'm looking all over the internet. Like I can find some marathons and triathlons. And I'm like, no, we're not going to make them do that. Then Grace stumbles upon this website. That's this entire running series. And they have races every single weekend and they have races for kids and races for adults oh, wow. and we're like no way and like every race for the kids is like three euros and they get a shirt they get food they get medals they get trophies they get to go on the podium really awesome and it's been very very fun going to all the races the kids love going to the races i love going to the races i love watching them run everything is such a big learning curve Growing up in the States, being in cross country, it's all very regulated. You're in middle school, you're going to run a 3K race Mm. or the two mile, and it's going to be that exact distance every time you know when your race is going to start, kind of like, you know, you know what's going to happen. But here, like online, it'll say like 13 to 15 is running two and a half K and we get there and they're like, okay, Coach Kayla, like, what's the course? I'm like, okay, like I'll go ask. So like I go ask and they're like... Either they'll say, oh, it's over on that road over there, or they'll say, oh, they'll tell you on the start line. <laughs> I'm like, oh, on the start line. I mean, the kids at the island seem to not mind that. We don't really like that because like they want to know where to go so they can win right. or, you know, whatever, feel confident in the race. And then, you know, it'll be like a two and a half K. They'll finish it in five minutes and say like, wow, was that a great two and a half K time? I said, that's an impossible two and a half K time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because it was only one K or something. So it's, it's very funny. I think the way they run things on the Island is oftentimes like South America, even though Mm. I know we're in Europe, we're in Spain, it's run like South America and just, you never know. You never know. Now, have you had adults participate too? Yes. Many adults, all the parents have been inspired to run. We see them outside on the dock running, they sign up and they run the races. It's just, I mean, it's really, really fun. Wow. It's been very fun for everyone. And we have other people on the ship who aren't parents who come to the races too. 
Oh, that's so fun. Well, maybe you'll have to find some in Dakar. Yes, that is the goal. There is a marathon that has been supposed to happen for like two months. So you'll sign up to run? Yeah. Yeah, I will. Oh, that's so great. How fun. Well, you have a lot of great experiences ahead of you when you guys sail down and spend a full field service in Dakar, which will be great. Now, this is probably a real special experience for you because as y'all mentioned last week, this is kind of your first time officially teaching students. And now you're doing it in a very unique environment on a ship. So tell us a little bit about your creativity with PE on the ship. When I first got to the AFM and they showed me my space for teaching PE, it was an enclosed area. It was probably about maybe 10 foot high and maybe 10 foot wide and very long. They told me that's where we're going to teach an entire high school, junior high PE class. And I thought, I have absolutely no idea what I could do here. Like, you can't play soccer. You can't play dodgeball. Like, you can't play any games. So honestly, at first, that was very hard. And we just did workouts. Hmm. And I felt very bad about that. The creativity with the younger kids was a lot easier. I mean, because we could play ball, throwing, catching, dodging games. But I would say that we have to oftentimes take a game and like change it, make less of something or make it fit into a smaller space. But it's it's like really great because the kids are very understanding. They always understand. They're like, we know we don't have the biggest space and like we're going to play our best in this space or like we'll take turns because sometimes we have just too many kids in a small area. And so they realize they have to take turns. So honestly, like I'm very grateful for how gracious the kids are in our small space. Oh, neat. And then on the Global Mercy, you're going to have plenty of space and probably lots of resources to do some great things with the kids. Yeah. We have a basketball court, so we can do a lot of fun stuff there. Oh, that is exciting. How fun. Well, thus far, your time on board has been about a year and a half. Tell us maybe about a memorable moment that you've had with your students. I have a couple, if you don't mind me sharing a couple. No, please. Now, I know Grace had mentioned last week the night race, but I have a different night race, um, which I think maybe it's a popular thing to do on the island. (laughs) That was one of my favorite. My most memorable moment from it is they play extremely loud music, like so loud that you have to stand like less than an inch from somebody's face to be able to talk to them. So they, they're playing this loud, loud music before the race. And I just remember all the kids are in a giant circle, dancing, dancing, dancing. And Grace and I are dancing uh, with them. And then after the race, there was a live singer and all the kids are in the very front row. Uh, in fact, I think they were the only people dancing for the entire guy that was singing live. And they're all, they all have their arms around each other, kicking their legs and dancing for this guy who was singing. And I, I was so happy to see how like happy and free and alive they were. Hmm. My other fun memory with the kids is we took them on junior high, high school retreat up in this woods at this camp called Kimpy. It's owned by two people that are locals on the island and they love mushrooms. <laughs> like before we went to the camp, I looked them up on Instagram and every single picture is like the husband or wife with like a giant, massive mushroom in front of their face. And I was like, okay, this is going to be really it's going to be good. So we <laughs> went one day with the man out into the woods and he has like his little mushroom stick. And we were just walking around the woods and he'll be like, anywhere you see a, a raised pile of pine needles is a mushroom growing. 
And so like we would, the kids are just running everywhere, hunting for mushrooms, saying, I found one here. I found one here until we filled this massive basket with mushrooms. But the problem oh was, God. this is what I didn't understand. The, the man was like picking poisonous mushrooms oh. and putting them in with the non-poisonous ones. And he's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And we're like, oh, well, I guess it'll be okay. Like we'll still eat them. <laughs> so we picked like five pounds of mushrooms. And then in the end, he just throws them all away. Oh my god! Said we ruined them by putting the poisonous ones in. <laughs> but but he was the one who did it. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, and also Grace wants me to mention that the kids um, now, anytime they see like a special piece of nature or a mushroom, they all get file into a circle and jump up and down and point at it, saying Kim, 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 because that's how they notified him in the woods mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What else did you guys do on that retreat? What did the kids do? I know we had Justin Brunenkant on the podcast many months ago, and he was one of the speakers on the retreat for the students. And I know my kids were in junior high when we were on board, and they yeah. absolutely loved that retreat. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what you guys did. Uh, we played a big game of capture the flag in the woods, which I think the kids loved because it was way more space than the ship and it lasted for hours. Uh, we had a, a fort building competition, so they had to build like the best hut in an hour. That was a lot of fun. Um, lots of just dog -a ball. And then, yeah, we, we learned about the stars with Kim the guy oh, who owns the camp yeah. and they cooked all of our food for us. And we stayed in like little cabins there. And then the last day we had a speaker come in from Colorado who shared a really awesome testimony of how he used to be in prison, how he escaped from prison. Wow. We went into solitary confinement and then how the Lord finally like won his heart and how now he's able to travel. Like he's made it out of he was sentenced for life, but somehow he was able to make it out mm. and like come to the island and share with us. And that was that was really impactful for the kids. So that was very special. Yeah. And for me. Sure. Well, I know that this has been a very unique experience for you. You guys probably signed up thinking that you were going to be volunteering in West Africa on this medical ship. And all of a sudden, you're a teacher on a ship that's mostly in the Canary Islands. You did spend time as well in Rotterdam and Belgium and all sorts of different fun places. But you are about to go to Africa. In the midst of this unique season of Mercy Ships, how were you able to kind of continue the mission of Mercy Ships without being in a hospital in West Africa? Being on the island was a huge blessing for me because my dad is a Spanish teacher. So I've grown up oh, wow. speaking Spanish and knowing Spanish and the island, the island speaks Spanish. Yeah. And so I could fit in comfortably with the culture and stuff. And so I remember when we first got to the island, we only could go within 15K of the ship since we were like seamen and we weren't allowed to be like vacationing or anything. Mm. And we also had no cars because Spain shut down all of our Mercy Ships vehicles because they said they give off too much exhaust. So luckily, Grace and I had bought bikes in Texas and shipped them to the ship. Oh, wow. So we said, oh, that's no problem. Like we can still find a church and go to church. So I look up on the map and I'm like, okay, there's a church that's like, you know, seven miles away through the desert, across a mountain and across some <laughs> canyon. Like we can get there. 
So oh we decide to bike out to this church and I'm trying to remember, I don't know how we found out when it was open, maybe Facebook or something. And then we bike all the way to this church and we get there and it's all in Spanish, very, very tiny church, like 20, 25 people. Hmm. But turns out the pastor is from Ohio no way, and his wife from Venezuela. So like immediately they invite us over to their house and we form a very close connection with them and relationship so much so that even this past summer they came to grace's house um when they were on leave to meet her family and visit her in the united states yeah in the u.s they have a daughter who goes to school in the u.s and then their son was going to go to school and so they were there visiting and they came and saw grace's family and we ate dinner with them so it was really really special yeah we've formed a close connection with them we go to their church every week and what's kind of been cool is like the connection that we've also made with the running community. So like through through the running community, I've met other PE teachers who have been able to bring their entire school to visit the ship. And we've also met other people and invited them to church. And we've had some people, we had some people come to the Thanksgiving meal that we had at church and stuff. Now people on the island are very opposed to church. People in Europe oh, tend wow. to be more opposed to like actually going to church. So we've invited lots of people we haven't had too many come, hmm. but we have been able to make lots of lots of connections with people and pray for people at races and stuff. So it's really cool. Oh, wow. That's so neat. It's so cool how regardless of where you are, if God has placed within your heart this desire to care for others and tell others about him, you're going to make that happen no matter what. Speaking of that, our most recent thing that's us and the kids have been very enthusiastic about with sharing the gospel is through geocaching. It's uh, you know, it's a little secret that Caroline Kirchner taught us about. Oh. Know, there's all these hidden things all around you in your neighborhood, in the woods across from your house. There are little boxes. Some people might call them pieces of trash, but there really are prizes inside. Anyways, there's an app that shows you where they are and you go around and find them. We find them with our students. And uh, recently, some of them have, well, one of them has been very into uh, writing the gospel in all of them and in every log that we logged for it. And so they, it's just re- very fun. I don't know, you know, it's a little thing that you do outdoorsy, but you can still use any little thing that you're passionate about to share Jesus with the world. That is so cool. Well, I love that. It sounds like you're creating a lot of incredible memories and things that you'll never forget when you go back home. Is there maybe a standout moment for you, something that has impacted you that you feel like, uh, I will never forget this moment? I teach a life skills class, and for it, we decided to do a event planning. And the event we decided to plan was a race, hmm. the chicken chase race. <laughs> and the kids, I mean, honestly, the kids came up with everything. I was just kind of there to guide them and help them think through like, what things do we need to do to plan an event? And this was right up my alley because that's exactly what I studied in school was sports management. And we took a ton of classes on like planning. I, I literally had an entire class on planning races. So I was like, okay, perfect. Oh, I can wow. teach this. How old are the kids that, that are a part of this life skills uh, class? Life skills, 12 and 13. Okay. So a little bit older. Yeah. 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 Not, not elementary kids yet. Seventh grade. They're all seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. We spent two months planning that and 
it was very fun because we would go to the races on the island and they kids would see like, I don't really like that. Like kids had to wait one hour while these kids walked out one kilometer and then ran back <laughs> or, you know, whatever little thing they didn't like about the race, they would kind of take that and say, we're going to do it differently. Mm. And so we planned the entire race. We made awards, trophies for it, prizes, and we had a speaker and a podium, you know, everything. And the kids were just like so impressed when we got there because they thought like, wow, we planned this. We did this and it really looks, it looks like a real race. And I think we had a hundred people came to our wow. race. Oh my goodness. How cool. And why yeah. did you call it the chicken chase race? The kids were really into chickens at the time. <laughs> okay. They really liked chicken wings and chickens. I don't know. And I dressed up as a chicken and all the kids chased me. Well, there you go. (laughs) How have you seen lives being changed during your time of volunteering? In Belgium, I was blessed to have a lovely roommate from Belgium who helped Mm. me work on my Dutch. Each each night we would practice saying good night and good morning. But uh, each morning I would sit in my windowsill and read my Bible said to me, what is that book that you are reading? The Bible. She said, well, a lot of people will read that book here. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really, a really good book. And from there, I had the chance to share Jesus with her and many other Dutch women who she was friends with got to. And she is now a fervent follower of the Lord and knows wow. him. But it was just, it was just so cool because it was like, she almost had no idea and was just so in awe at like, wow, there are really people out here who love Jesus and who love his word Mm because she had just never seen that before. Wow. Well, what was she doing that brought her on board? She was working in the dining room serving. Okay. Oh, neat. And how long was her commitment for? Was it just brief while you guys were in her country? Yeah, I think it was only one month. Wow. She says what brought her to the Lord was seeing us on the ship reading the Bible. Wow. Are you still in contact with her? Yeah, I just saw her last week. She came to the ship. Oh, my goodness. How exciting. Wow. What a yeah. what a gift to get to be a part of that experience, to watch someone's yeah. life be changed and to get to be a part of that. That was very special. How do you feel now that you have a year and a half under your belt of your two-year commitment? How do you feel now about grace kind of inviting you or making you aware of this opportunity with Mercy Ships? I'm very grateful. I mean, I've met incredible people. I've had incredible experiences. There's just so many things that I would have never known about or never learned or never done if I hadn't come. So I'm very happy. Wow. Well, how was your life different because of this? One of my biggest impacts is honestly learning how to teach I mean, I just really didn't know anything. I didn't know about writing rubrics. I didn't know about writing lesson plans, nothing. I knew nothing. I came, I was like, oh my word, this is so much work. Like I appreciate all my teachers back home. I (laughs) I appreciate my dad and all that he's done. I I don't know. Like I just think about how hard I might've made my teacher's lives sometimes, how I could have made it better. The kids here are so sweet. They literally say thank you every time when we finish class. I've never heard that before. I think I've never thanked a teacher when leaving a class. It's like, wow, that's that's super special. I've done more work here than I did, I think, my entire four years of college. Like all this planning and all this. It's a huge, huge learning curve. <laughs> but I mean, it's a great place to do it because I'm surrounded by lots of people who are also new and also people who have taught for 40 years, taught for 20 years who can help me. Yeah. And 
people have been very, very gracious and very helpful. Well, what does this mean for you going back home? You still have six more months, I understand. But after that, do you want to become a, a teacher back in the States now? Or how, is, how has this changed maybe your career path? I think I might want to. I think that the kids here on this ship are a lot different than, you know, teaching in a public school. I mean, none of these kids use social media or anything. Mm. So like they're way different than kids that I know in public schools, but I think I would like to give my hand at it. First, I want to convert a van and live in it. But uh, (laughs) after that, I might want to start teaching again. That's awesome. Well, Kayla, what are you most looking forward to as you guys begin a field service in Senegal on the Global Mercy, the Global Mercy's first field service, full field service in West Africa? What are you most looking forward to in that? One, I want to see the patients coming off the gangway healed. I just think that would be so awesome to see. Two, just found out about a rock climbing gym in Dakar. There you go. I want to see what that's about. And three, my family that I had never really met lives in Dakar. So I'm actually excited to get to know them better. What do you mean your family lives in Dakar? I just found out that I have some cousins that live in Dakar. I've only met them once before, so I'm excited to get to know them more and spend some time with them. Wow, that's kind of crazy. What are they doing in Dakar? They work for the U.S. Embassy. Oh, my goodness. So you have family in Dakar. How exciting is that? Yeah, I think it's kind of crazy. I mean, the closest that I've ever lived to family is five hours and 14 hours. So now I'm going to live like 30 minutes away from my family now that I'm in Africa on the other side of the world. (laughs) That's great. Well, Kayla, I'm very excited for you and all of the adventures that lie ahead of you in the next six months, but even beyond that. And we just thank you so much for sharing with us a little bit about your Mercy Ships journey, but also thank you for your initiative in starting this running club and taking kids out of their comfort zones, exposing them to a whole new sport. And congratulations for being named the fastest woman in the Canary Islands. (laughs) That's pretty massive. Thank you. Come back next week to be encouraged by Nurse Sarah Johnson.